do get in a habit of not every type of romantic touch or words or action or service has to lead to sex. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Sex podcast. Today, we're going to talk about differences in foreplay. Foreplay is often understood as eating each other out. I don't know why it always goes there, but it's always like, yo, we did some foreplay. And I'm like, what does that mean? Oh, I went down on her. She went down on me. I'm like, that's not foreplay. That's oral sex. <laughs> like, like, sure, that's a step up from just touching each other, cuddling. You know, of course, that's more intense, but that's not really considered foreplay. Foreplay is the play that comes before the the penetrative stuff or the stuff that is bringing you to orgasm, right? It's the it's the little teases. It's the anticipation building. And sure, oral could be that as well, but as in my point here is that there's a lot of different foreplay that you want to pay attention to so that you're always building the anticipation in your sex relationship. Without anticipation, it feels like sex is this random thing that happens so abruptly. And most people don't work that way. You know, what are the chances of both of you being in the mood at the same exact time they're not great, <laughs> you know, and we wonder, oh, she's never in the mood when I'm in the mood. But that often comes with a, a partner who brings sex up very abruptly out of nowhere because there's not foreplay happening. And then the partner isn't warmed up at all. So they're like, whoa, OK, I'm not horny at the same time as you. And where did this come from? Like there's been no warming up or any anticipation building at all. Um, and. Not to say that this is always the guy in the position of bringing sex up abruptly. Sometimes it's flipped, right? There's often a, a partner who is more spontaneous and then the other partner is usually not as spontaneous. They're more receptive um, or reactive. Yeah, the majority of cases, guys are the more spontaneous and women are typically the more reactive, but those can be flipped easily in many relationships. So what you want to do is first have an understanding of what are different types of foreplay. So, okay, Steph, if foreplay isn't oral sex, what is considered foreplay? What are different things I can use or do or say to build that anticipation and have a healthy amount of foreplay that's ongoing? And these are a few examples. You have complimenting your partner or you being complimented too, right? Because these could go both ways. So it's compliments, giving or receiving, giving or receiving touch, 
right? And this doesn't have to be sexual groping. This is just a form of maybe sensual touch, a light caress as you walk by. Maybe it is maybe it is more sexy groping, right? Maybe it's just a sexy pulling your partner into you and saying something and then moving on. You know, it's like that little that touch that comes with the tease because you're not taking it all the way, but it's a romantic touch. Then we have dressing a certain way, right? This is a this is a certain form of foreplay because when your partner sees you maybe all dressed up, if you're usually not dressed up, it's a little different. It's it builds a curiosity of like, oh, where where are they going? Or, ooh, I don't usually see them like this, you know, and that sparks in anticipation of like, you know, being turned on for some people. Some people dressing does nothing, right? Um, just as if you're always dressed up, then maybe dressing down might excite your partner. There's also whispering in the ear, which is a form of foreplay. If you randomly whispered to your partner and said something really close and then you you hugged them from behind or, you know, caressed her a little bit and then moved on. See, a lot of this, I'm saying moved on because this is the type of foreplay that is able to be ongoing without leading to sex in that moment. And I think this is what most couples want to work on um, more regularly so that you do get in a habit of not every type of romantic touch or words or action or service has to lead to sex or is always connected to sex. Because then that means every time you do something that shows a romantic connection, you have to have sex with it. No, we don't want to build that expectation. That's actually a dangerous expectation to build because then if your partner's not in the mood, they don't want to be receptive to what you're doing. And that's where it gets to be unhealthy um, because it's like, all right, I'm not I'm not in the mood for sex, so don't touch me at all. And we don't want that, right? Like we want to be able to touch our partner and have a sexy moment without needing to have sex right then and there. Um, so that's important you, to get in this habit of doing it so that it's not always leading straight to sex, but that it's building a lot of anticipation and it makes having sex much more likely to happen and makes both partners more likely to want it to happen. So to continue on with the list, like I said, we got compliments, touch, dressing a certain way, uh, whispering in the ear. Then we got sexting, right? So this is definitely not for everyone. And notice how all of these are not for everyone. Some of these you might be like, eh, I definitely wouldn't want that. And that's the whole point. We have to understand what we like in terms of receiving foreplay and what helps get us excited and build anticipation for desiring our partner. And we also want to understand where our partner's at. Chances are you guys are going to be different. You're going to want different things. And uh, all right, let me continue with my list before I get distracted again. So we got sexting. We got cuddling with a movie. That is definitely a form of building anticipation romantically, sexually. Showering together, right? Not every shower has to be leading to sex or has to be like a sexy shower. But just the fact that you shower with each other and maybe you you just, you know, you touch each other in a certain way, bubble each other up, get out of there. You know, it's like a moment of an intimate connection and then you're moving on um, or it's going to sex. But here we're just talking about the foreplay aspect of it. And 
the last on my list was just eye gazing, right? Like taking moments throughout the day to look at your partner. Maybe you're looking her up and down. Maybe you're winking at her. Maybe you're staring at her butt and, you know, raising your eyebrows, something like that. That's showing, hey, I see you and you're sexy to me. You're attractive. I'm attracted to you. Right. So these are a few examples. These are not every example of foreplay. There's so many types of foreplay. But as I've said, this is the point that there's a lot of different forms of foreplay. We want to find the ones that make us feel best personally in terms of what we want to receive. And we want to know what our partner wants to receive. Because what often happens is what we think feels good for us, our partner automatically wants the same thing. And that's not true. It's kind of crazy because every brain kind of automatically thinks that. Like even even myself, like I think of things that turn me on that I know will not turn Andrew on the same way. And I don't understand. Like I still can't like fathom it. I'm like, what? Like, And he thinks this is sexy, but like, that's not that sexy to me. You know, it's just like, it's still hard to wrap my head around, even though I understand it because I've talked to him about it, you know? So this is not something that comes naturally to us. And with that being said, that's why you have to have a conversation with your partner so that you understand exactly where they're at and exactly what they want, what they find sexy and how they prefer foreplay to get them most turned on to you. So think right now and maybe even rewind this and think, use that list as a place where you could start and ask yourself, you know, what would I really like in terms of getting turned on to my partner? Like, what would I really appreciate if we did more of? Or what can I try, you know, doing to her? And even before I try it, let me talk to her and let me ask her what things on this list would help her build anticipation or if there's anything not on the list. So you don't know until you ask. You really don't know until you ask. And I know we all just want to know and we want to be like, no, I know my partner. They have, they have liked this forever. But when was the last time you asked if anything changed? Right? Because there's that too. Like, even if our partner did tell us they enjoy something, but the last time they told us that was five years ago, maybe it's time to revisit the conversation and ask them again, especially if you're having problems in your your sex life. And even if you're not having problems, it's good to revisit the question. <laughs> I, uh, It's kind of like going food shopping. You know, this assumption, it's like you think you know what your partner wants, when you go food shopping, you're like, oh, I know she'll, she likes to eat this, this, and this. But then she might, if you ask her, hey, babe, do you want anything from the store? I'm going. And she's like, oh, can you get these mushrooms? And you're like, what the fuck? Like, you never want those. You've never asked for that. And, or maybe she wants to try a paleo diet. And she's like, oh, actually, can you get this, this, and that? Because I'm trying to, I'm thinking of trying this diet. And you're just like, whoa, okay. Where did that come from? Okay, yeah. You know, it's like, she may want to try something new and she may tell you something that surprises you where you're like, oh, I should have known that. But you shouldn't know that because you don't know if she wants to try a new diet. You don't know if she wants to try these mushrooms just because she saw a commercial with the mushroom like or heard a podcast, whatever. A commercial. Oh, my God. That that like dated me <laughs> in my head. So sex is the same way. We, we don't want to make assumptions. And although we have a good idea of what our partner wants, being that we've been partners, maybe for a long time, maybe not for a long time, but we just think we know. 
And we really have to always assume we don't know. If you're going to assume anything, assume you know little, a lot less than you would like, which is often a good thing, you know, because when you can recognize, hey, I really don't know the specific answers to this question, that shows how much growth opportunity there is within the relationship. What I tell clients is that when you feel like there's so many things you're not positive about in your relationship, you can see that as a good thing. Reframe it as a good thing to be like, wow, okay, we have this challenge, but there's all these questions that I never even asked and don't know the answers to. So there's all this opportunity for us to fix what we're dealing with. Versus if you had all the answers and you're like, I know all the answers, we still have this problem, then you're then you're in a worse scenario, right? Because it's like you've asked all the questions, you have all the specific answers, but things are still not working. So whenever you're in this space of like, I have this issue, we're not having a lot of sex or we're not having great sex, and we also don't talk about sex, and I don't know what she really likes, I don't know what she wants, we never ever talk about it, I just see that as golden opportunity, <laughs> You know, um, it's easy for me to say I'm, I'm the sex coach, right? You're actually dealing with the shit. But I've been on that side, too, where I've dealt with the shit on my end and, um, and dealt with the shit. Uh, but that's how it feels. You know, it's hard. It's tough to go through. But you have to see silver linings and you have to see the golden opportunities. Otherwise, you get so fearful of leaning into solving the problem. So it's good to see all the potential and find ways to see it that way. Um, so that you can actually, you could take action and you could feel like, wow, okay, there's potential to really change things here for the better. So that's what I want for you. I want you to never make assumptions and know that if there are things you don't know, you can just, you can ask. And those answers will help you feel a lot better about your situation because they'll bring you clarity. And sometimes even bad clarity, like an answer you don't necessarily want to hear, frees up so much space mentally and emotionally for you to actually deal with what's going on. You know, like sometimes you do have a partner who tells you, I really just don't like the way you eat me out. It's just really, and that's why like, I don't like when you go down on me and whenever you initiate, whenever you do this, I feel like you're initiating that. So I pull away, you know, that may sound very like horrible news, but at the same time, it's great news because you know what the problem is. You know why she's turning away. It's because she doesn't like the way that you're eating her out. Okay, which way do you do you like it? How do you want me to do it? Was there ever a time where you really enjoyed it? Yeah, well, I would like if you did it like this instead. Okay, why do you think you didn't tell me about this sooner? I was afraid that you would get upset. No, it's good to talk about this. You know, we don't have to get like we don't have to be afraid of getting upset. See how this can lead to such a good conversation that actually gets you guys out of that weird, awkward place and into a place where you're you're vulnerable, you're talking together, you're finding answers and you're you're overcoming the issue. It's not as easy as one, two, three, right? Sometimes it takes more than one conversation, but sometimes it doesn't. That's the crazy part. Sometimes it literally takes one conversation of you being a bit vulnerable with your partner and saying, hey, like, I realize you're you're turning me down a lot recently. I'm not sh like, is there a reason why do we have do we have to talk about anything? Because I really I really want to figure this out with you to say something like that and to give your partner that space to open up and really share what's going on. 
is so important for your relationship and for the health of your sex life and the quality of your sex life. So it's okay to have moments where you're, you're feeling off with your partner. You're feeling like you're not sure if you're doing the right foreplay. You're not sure if you're initiating in the way that they would like. You don't even feel good about the way you're initiating. Like these are all normal things that happen. And when we talk about them with the person who we're having sex with, <laughs> it, it turns out that, you know, you can create that, that time and place and space, whatever, to talk it through and, and find answers so that you're not holding in the embarrassment or holding in the rejection or holding in the uncertainty or assuming. That's the worst. And then that's when you get in your head. And then when you get in your head, the dick issues happen. So it's like, that's how this whole thing kind of starts for a lot of you guys. And to avoid physical issues, take care of the communication piece and really, really work on just opening up these conversations to share and ask questions one by one, little by little, and you'll be in a much better place and you'll feel a lot more confident about yourself and about your sex life with your partner. So, um, so yeah, the foreplay, there are many different types, right? Let's not think of foreplay as just oral sex. And let's also not think of foreplay as the thing that has to happen right before sex. Yes, it does have to happen before sex, but it also can happen other ways, other times that don't necessarily lead to sex. And that actually builds more of a sexy energy, especially if your partner thinks you're going all the way, but you stop and you pull back. It's kind of like, it's a tease, you know, it's like, oh my God, I thought he was going to, thought he was going to go there. Okay. Like now I got to wait, you know, it's kind of, it makes it more of a fun game. You know, certain relationships uh, are different than others to, to that regard. It really depends on where you're at. But it really, it really does help, and I think it helps every relationship to have foreplay that's not always tied to sex. I think that's really important. And um, something that can help with foreplay that I wanted to mention is the Lalo Dot. The Lalo Dot is a toy that I really love, not even sexually all the time, but sometimes just to use to rub and massage because it's a toy that's built so nicely. Ugh, it's just so smooth. It's kind of like a, it's, it's like a long toy that comes to a point. That's why it's called a dot. You can like make dots with the tip of it on body parts, or you can use the long shaft part of it, but it's just such a nice toy to use to rub around the vulva and around the nipples, even down the neck. The more you press, the more intense the vibration is. So it's a toy I've really come to love. And I think it's great for you guys to use as a foreplay toy with your partner. I couldn't recommend toys enough because they bring they can bring so much fun and pleasure in a different way. And this is why you guys don't have to be intimidated about toys because it's a different type of pleasure. And there's all different types of pleasure sensations that come with toys, right? Whether it's a feather, which is a very soft, ticklish touch, or a rope, which is a harsher more constricted feeling of like your mind, like your I'm I have control over you, you you trust me, right? Even if it's just cuffs and like nothing crazy, it's still like that whole it changes the mindset, right? That's a sensation that's physical, but it also takes you to a different mental place that allows you to enjoy sex in a different way. So toys are another part of foreplay that once again don't have to lead to sex and 
I just admitted I've used toys that don't even intentionally bring me to an orgasm. I use them just to help me fall asleep and then that's it. You know, it doesn't have to go all the way. Even just using it before sex, like before my partner even comes into the room, like just to like help me relax if I've had a really stressful day. Like toys can be so helpful and they're a great form of foreplay. So don't forget about that either. And if you want a discount on the Lalo Dot, you could use code STEF10 for 10% off already existing sales from Valentine's Day. So that's good until the end of February. So you could check out the link for the Lalo Dot in the description of this show. But yeah, I just I just want you to know that your foreplay, by the way, because you know I'm talking a lot about like ask her and figure out her form of foreplay. Your foreplay and your preference is also just as important if that wasn't made clear throughout this episode. You want to be asking because you're taking the lead here if she hasn't. But you also want to know what is it that you want and what is it that you can tell her you really enjoyed when it came to the foreplay that she, the way that she teases you or the way that she helps you build anticipation. And have you ever communicated that with her? It's kind of like when I talk about blowjobs and how to get more blowjobs, right? I had, oh my God, this YouTube video is going crazy. How to get more blowjobs. So check it out if you want at Stephanie Ganowski. But the whole, my whole getting more blowjobs concept is about complimenting when you get a really good blowjob <laughs> or even when you, whenever you get a blowjob, giving specific compliments around what made that blowjob so great is going to help her understand what it was she did right for you and is automatically going to make her feel more confident giving you blowjobs, which will make her do them or give them more, right? We tend to like the things that we're good at. And if you can show your partner you're good at this, then your partner will likely do it more. So most of the time we don't speak up when our partner does something we really like. We're just like, oh, that was great. And we act like it was just like anything else when really it wasn't like everything else. It was fucking great. <laughs> like we really loved it. So we have to make a big deal when we enjoy, when we enjoy something especially. So if there's something that she especially did that really turned you on or built a lot of anticipation or super sexy, you know, mention it. Be like, babe, I can't get that out of my head. Like that was so hot the way you did that. Like, wow. Ugh, so hot. And then you walk away, you know, and then like maybe it comes up like a month later, a couple months later. Oh, I still like sometimes think about when you did it this way. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sexy. You know, you're not making a huge deal, but you're bringing it up intentionally to nail down how good it was and make it very obvious and clear because, um, yeah, we just got to make it more obvious in our communication when we enjoy certain things. And I will even say, I'm not great at this. You know, like there are things that Andrew does that I love. And then I'm like, oh, I wish he did that more. And then I'll think, have I told him how much I love that? <laughs> like, have I even told him or admitted how much that differs from the other stuff he did or does? Like, no, I didn't really make a big deal out of it. So it's interesting to see, you know, how we expect certain things or how we really love certain things, but we kind of hold back expressing how much we loved it when it would help us out and our partner. It would just make us both more confident and enjoy each other more if we shared that stuff. So um, that's another point to remember too, is whenever you have conversations about sex, make sure that they're not all about, we need to fix this and we're not having enough sex. And 
I don't like how you blah, blah, blah. Like there should be equally, if not more, conversations that are good. And by good, I mean that we are celebrating our partner. We're celebrating. That's, I never use that word. Um, <laughs> we're complimenting our partner, right? Or we're saying, oh man, that was so great. I loved when you did it like this. And I keep thinking about when you did this. You know, saying more things like that is helpful because then you're not afraid to have sex conversations. A lot of couples only talk about sex when there's a problem. And then over time, when it's like, all right, we need to talk about sex, it's like, oh God, no. <laughs> like the partners are ready on defense or they're avoiding and running away, stonewalling. You know, it just, it's not working because sex automatically equals stress. And we do not want to build that relationship. So if you feel that, it's most likely because the majority of the communication and the sex experiences around sex are not great. So you want to create some more positivity associated with your sex life, your attraction to your partner, the foreplay, your curiosity, your dates, connecting romantically. And when you have enough of that stuff going on, then the conversations that are a little daunting, they don't seem as scary. You know, you know you can handle it because you know you have you have enough confidence having good experiences and you feel secure enough to have a tough conversation at that point. Make sense? Cool. <laughs> Hope so. I I drank a lot of coffee today. I apologize if I was like meh, 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 this whole time because I feel like I was just I sound like I'm on <laughs> Yeah, a lot of caffeine, which I am. So um, that is it for today, guys. Like I said, if you're interested in the Lalo Dot, you can use the link to save 10% off already uh, the the, addition, the existing sales from Valentine's Day on Lalo's website. So that link is in the description. And other than that, have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. Talk to you soon. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.